Hello, I'm Keith Law, and welcome to what is now the second annual edition of what we're calling the Chicken Fried Movie Podcast, which is an inside joke. Hopefully, many of you get this, an inside joke between myself and Chris Crawford, who is also here. We are going to not discuss baseball. We're not going to discuss Chris's favorite song, Chicken Fried, by Milwaukee Brewers prospect Zach Brown. We are going to just discuss the Oscars, which are coming up shortly. And Chris and I have seen all the movies. We've actually seen every movie that was made in 2018, um, <laughs> even the bad ones. And yeah. we are going to discuss the major categories, who we think is going to win, who we think should win, and maybe discuss some snubs. So first, Chris, welcome. We're back. Thanks for having me. And thank you for trolling me for a good eight minutes to start this. Thing. Absolutely. I would be <laughs> remiss in my obligations. Uh, First couple of just administrative notes to get out of the way. You can follow Chris on Twitter, Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. You can find me on Twitter at Keith Law. You can find my uh, reviews of some of the movies I've seen at my website, meadowparty.com slash blog. I'd like to thank our producer. We have a producer this year. We're big time, Andrew Matty, who is a longtime reader of mine who liked the podcast last year and volunteered to jump in. Uh, also want to uh, thank sort of confess, uh, if you've listened to the Grierson and Leach podcast with our friends Tim Grierson and Will Leach, it's wonderful. We're basically stealing their format for an Oscars preview. They do stuff every week. Uh, we are also going to discuss more categories, maybe have a little more time while they spend time reviewing what men want. Also, <laughs> would like to just give a shout out to my friend Adnan Verk, whose podcast Cinephile is on hiatus right now but hopefully it will be back soon. Can't wait to hear your dulcet tones on uh, discussing the movies again, Adnan, but you are still wrong on Roma. <laughs> and so now we will jump into it. And I thought uh, we'd start with three categories that, and Chris and I have discussed this a little bit, but we seem to agree these categories are kind of mortal locks for who's going to win. Uh, so we'll spend a little less time discussing those, spend more time on the meat of the show. And the, the first of the three locks I think is for best animated feature. The nominees are Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Mirai, which is a Japanese movie, which I think is probably the most obscure of the five, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I personally would vo vote for Isle of Dogs. That's not going to happen. I think Spider-Man wins this one in a rout. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's not, it's not going to be close based on everything we've seen, every type of predictor, it's going to be Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse would not be my choice either. I know a lot of people really love this movie. I liked it. I think I liked it a little bit more than you. Um, I have some real issues with it. It's a movie that wants to have its cake needed to a little bit, but mm -hmm. spends a lot of time insulting, uh, origin stories and it is an origin story. It is definitely an origin story. Um, <laughs> The uh, the other movies here, Incredibles two would be really close for me. Not maybe not close, but it would be a choice. I'd pick four movies. Uh, yeah, I, three movies actually. Ralph breaks the internet. I think is the weakest here, but yes. there's really no point in even really wondering if you're if you're betting on it. Uh, you're going to have to bet an awful lot of money to win an awful little bit amount of money uh, because it's just a lock. It's it was critically. Critically hailed, audiences loved it. It's 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 going to win. Yes, absolutely. I will uh, also just throw out there. I saw Tito and the Birds, which is a Brazilian animated mm. feature, which was eligible. Uh, it was nominated to so the Annie Awards in the animation field. They split major studios 
into one category and indies into another category, or do, I guess they would say one is just best animated feature. Then there's a second just for indie films. Spider-Man won the main prize. Uh, Mirai won the independent prize. Tito and the birds was nominated there. I thought it was great. It was definitely better than Ralph breaks the internet. So it certainly should have gotten a nomination. There's another one called Ruben Brandt collector, which is going to hit theaters here in Philly in about two weeks that also got an, an indie nomination from the Annie's is supposed to be really good. I only know from a couple of reviews and I mention it mostly because I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. But, go ahead. No, nope, I have nothing interesting to say. Oh, okay. Well then uh, we will move on very briefly to the animated shorts where I've seen four. You've seen three. I'll just rattle them off. Animal behavior. I think neither of us has seen bow, nope. which most people saw before Incredibles two late afternoon, one small step, and Weekends, which has won a few of these awards at other uh, ceremonies that honor animated shorts. Um, I think Bao's going to win. Frankly, any of those four would be fine with me. They're all great. Weekends and Late Afternoon and One Small Step. All of them are, are a little teary. They're definitely tug at the heartstrings. That seems to be the theme of the category, at least with the four I've seen. Animal Behavior, I think, is supposed to be more comic. Um But again, I think Bao is just probably, you know, Pixar generally wins this category anyway, and Bao was a good one. Yeah, I thought Bao is the one that stood out to me immediately. Um, I was actually surprised that had some issues with it, maybe because it's a little more complex than your typical Pixar short. But mm-hmm. to me, that was easily the best. One Stall was heartbreaking to me. And maybe that a little too dark for me, even me. Uh, <laughs> and I, I love stuff like that. But it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Not, neither one has a... Bao has a much happier ending, I think, than One mm-hmm. Small Step. Um, yes. But uh, I, I really think uh, Pixar has a really, really good track record with winning these. I'd be shocked if this one didn't win. I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on to the the third of the awards that I think is a uh, probably a lock is actually cinematography. It's not one that I think gets discussed a lot. It probably the most discussion that category's ever gotten was when the Academy said they were going to present that during the commercial breaks. And then many, many people, including many actors, came out and said, well, that's stupid, um, along with editing and two other, there were two other categories they were going to sort of take off the telecast. Academy is, is, I mean, this is like a pace of play debate with these guys. Um, the cinematography nominees are Cold War, which is uh, from the foreign language category. Um, the, uh, uh, the favorite, Never Look Away, which is also from the foreign language category, which I realized we skipped or I'll talk about foreign language in a moment. Roma, so it's three foreign films in the cinematography category, and A Star is Born. I, I think Roma wins this in a landslide. Yeah, we'll never figure out exactly. We should probably point that out, who, what finishes second or what percentage. Mm-hmm. But Roma is going, if, if we ever found out the percentage, I'd be shocked if it wasn't in like the high 90s because it's such a beautiful film and so much of why this is such a great movie. Number one on my list, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little second. A uh, little bit, I'm sure, but um, that movie, that movie cinematography, is one of the reasons that it works. And I, I, I really think if you can see this movie, if you can see this movie on your, uh, you have a Netflix subscription, it's beautiful to look at on your computer or your high definition TV. But if you can see this on the big screen, I was fortunate enough to be able to do so. Do it because it is, it's so sprawling, it's so gorgeous to look at. Cold War is beautiful too. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these movies look good. I was a little surprised the Star is Born got a nomination kiss because 
the cinematography wasn't something that really stood out to me. It certainly isn't an ugly movie by any means, but uh, Roma's going to win this by, like, if, if we ever found out the results, this would be a, a one versus 16. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I realized I misspoke. I, I jumped the category. Uh, the, the third of, that was the second of the three locks. The third of the three locks for me is foreign language, where again, we've got three of those cold war, never look away and Roma as well as Capernaum and Shoplifter. So just to run quickly through those, Roma, obviously we're going to talk a lot about this podcast because it's nominated for Best Picture. That was Mexico's submission. Capernaum is the submission from Lebanon. Cold War from Poland. Never Look Away is from Germany. And Shoplifters is from Japan. Cold War, Never Look Away, their directors have both won in this category previously. Cold War's director for Ida. Never look away, I think, 13 years ago now, 12 or 13 years ago for the lives of others. But Roma has a Best Picture nomination. I cannot imagine it doesn't win this category when it is the only one that got the Best Picture nomination, right? That would seem like it's automatic. Yeah, it would be really weird if it didn't, wouldn't it? Right. It, would, right. it would almost be like a pitcher winning MVP and not Cy Young. It, it, it would make no sense whatsoever uh, for this to not happen. Um, it's 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 the lock of locks. I do want to say this was a loaded field this year. There were so many good foreign language films, and uh, I think you might have uh, one you want to talk about here. And I'm going to go ahead and let you do that. Keith. Oh yes, yes I do. <laughs> um, the uh, oh, it's funny. I just looked up Cuarón's Itumama Tambien, which was kind of his first big hit. Didn't get the foreign nomination, but it got best original a best original screenplay nomination, which is also got. Oh, that's be interesting. So. Yeah. For folks who don't know this category, that the sort of real quick summary of how it works is every country, uh, their film board gets to choose one film to submit. So, you know, France, Germany is countries with huge movie industries. They pick one and the Academy then reduces that to a nine picture shortlist in, I think, December. And then that gets reduced to five for the nominees, which are the ones I just read off. On the short list was Burning, the Korean, South Korean submission, which was my number one film of all of 2018. I am appalled that it didn't get one of these nominations. It is no question better than Capernaum, which I have seen. I haven't seen Never Look Away because it's three hours long. Um, and I don't have the attention span or the bladder for a film of that length, at least not in the theaters. I will watch it at home as if it were a limited series. Burning is... Uh, Burning is amazing. It was, it's not a perfect movie, but it was the best movie I saw of last year. It features a stunning performance from Steven Yoon in a supporting role. Uh, the, I think the picture is great to look at. I think the pacing is tremendous. I think the way that the script, which is based on a story by Haruki Murakami, plays with you, with your expectations and your understanding of what's happening is absolutely incredible. It is tense. It does not feel like it's two and a half hours long. It's just short of two and a half, I believe. And you certainly won't get that sense if you sit and try to watch it in, in one complete sitting, as I did when it played in the theaters here in, in Philly. And I'm even more surprised because not only was it critically acclaimed, but it got a lot of play at indie theaters here. It played in Philly for a solid month, which foreign films almost never do. And wow. then I believe showed up here at the Art Theater in Wilmington, Delaware, which... I mean, they do show those films sometimes, but often maybe just for a weekend and that's it. Um, South Korea has never had a film advance from the shortlist, past the shortlist to the nominations, which I think is 
it's in itself ridiculous because it has such a vibrant film industry, but this one in particular, it's clearly better than Capernaum. I want to see Never Look Away just so I can make the argument if Burning is better, which I bet it is, but they screwed up twice. Yeah, I so I didn't see Capernaum and I didn't see Never Look Away. Uh, I had a chance to see Never Look Away and for the exact same reasons as Keith, I passed. Right. I just Three hours is a long time to sit and watch a film. Unless I'm going to see uh, Elijah Wood go put a ring in Mordor, I'm not going to go and spend <laughs> three hours on a movie. It's, it's a long, long time to be sitting there. Um, but I will say that I did see Cold War, I did see Shoplifters, and I did see Roma. The only movie to me that was better than uh, Burning was Roma. Um, I had a, a few issues with, uh, I was ready for some things to, to move in the movie, but it's, mm-hmm. it's super, super, super uh, well-made, and Stephen Young is fantastic in it. Um, I had, but to, to not even nominate it, it it's the, it, it really hurts the credibility, I think. And especially what you were mentioning about Korea for none of those films to get a nomination. There are some of my top 100 films are Korean films. There, there have been some absolutely brilliant films and you, you hope that there's not something going on with this, but there, there's no, there's no way in heck that there were five better foreign films this year than Burning. Yeah. And I've seen the guilty, the Danish submission, which did make the short list. I've seen what will people say? The Norwegian submission. I have seen um, the Resistance Banker, the Dutch submission. That is on Netflix. That's just a great World War II. Plays out like a spy story, although they're not actually spies. They're bankers helping to fund the resistance. And I've seen Euthanizer, the Finnish submission. These are all good movies. I have no particular objection to them not making the shortlist. They're all. I mean, any one of them would have would have been good enough to make it. But everything I've seen from the category, I have a lot of issues with Capernaum. Um, that's a conversation for another day. That's the one I might say didn't deserve it. But it was a loaded, loaded category. And I still have several other. If you hunt around on Amazon and Netflix, a lot of these foreign submissions make it to those. They pick them up. They must pick them up at festivals. I have four more, I think, on my iPad that are just from other countries, including one from Indonesia that just mm. – I mean, it was free, right? I pay for the subscription, so why don't I just download it see if I watch it? Um, Might as well. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, go see Burning. It has been out on stream. I don't think it's on a free service, but you can rent it, uh, and and you should because it's fantastic. Um, One other category before we get to the main ones, documentary feature. I have seen four of these. I feel like you have also seen four of these. Uh, three or four of these. So the nominees are Free Solo, which is the one I didn't see, mostly because I didn't want to give myself a migraine in the theaters. I'll rent it online at some point. Hale County This Morning, This Evening, which I just caught last week because it was on PBS. Minding the Gap of Fathers and Sons and RBG. I have no idea what's going to win this because the one everyone thought was going to get nominated and win was Won't You Be My Neighbor, and they didn't nominate it. And that sort of left me thinking, I have no idea. I really have no idea what's going to win. I have no idea when this one either. Uh, I saw Free Solo, uh, I want to say three or four days ago while I was on vacation. Hmm. It is uh, beautiful. It's really well told, but it's an interesting story. If you have any type of claustrophobia or fear of anything, don't go see this movie. Um, <laughs> it's it's really, uh, it really gave me like, as much man on wire was probably the last time I felt Mm. so tense about something like that. And, but it's really well done. Um, 
I was shocked, like shocked, shocked, maybe more shocked than any non-nomination I've seen in the last few years that Won't You Be My Neighbor didn't get a nomination. And I had a, a, a few issues with the movie, but it's really, 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 really good. And I think it's really an important movie, too. Uh, all of these movies have their uh, have their significance the the we the worst of these is the one I think I might win uh, think might win in Minding the Gap. Um, I think it's one of the most overrated movies of the year. Um, just really didn't do it for me. I could see RBG winning because of the the time we are living in. I could see that getting uh, some uh, some extra praise, maybe maybe deserved, maybe not. It's certainly a fine documentary film. Um, Minding the Gap probably is my favorite of these. Uh, but man, I, I, how, how do you not nominate Mr. Flippin' Rogers? Yes, right? I mean, it was popular. It's one of the yep. top 15 documentaries all time at the box office. Now it's weak competition. And sure. what's ahead of it are things like concert films or some of these weird conspiracy theory things. Um, <laughs> I will say of Fathers and Sons, I don't know how that movie even gets made. The filmmaker was essentially embedded for, I think, over a year with the family of a leading jihadist in the Syrian branch of Al-Qaeda and got all this footage of the father uh, indoctrinating in particular two of his eight sons, uh, one of whom is named Osama, which gives you a bit of a sense, I think, of uh, of the mentality there. And and he's just film. He's. how are you? How do you film that and not be dead? Not end up dead? It is absolutely incredible. It's horrifying. It speaks a lot to psychology. I think there's a big nature nurture argument there. Of course, it's timely. It's really great. It's worth seeing. Does that make it a winner? I, I just I feel like I don't even understand what the criteria are here. You look at Minding the Gap, Hale County, and A Fathers and Sons are very atypical documentaries. Period. Hale County, there's no story. He's just – he filmed poor black residents of this county in Alabama. You just, you're just getting a slice of life basically, and some things happen. But I don't know that there's a big story to happen there, and is that people are praising it because it's atypical for a documentary. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't necessarily understand the criteria. Maybe that helps it win, and maybe Free Solo wins because it was kind of popular and kind of sure. crazy looking and because you know we know he doesn't die at the end. <laughs> yeah um spoiler alert geez um I, it's it's really interesting because it seems like there's no like it's i guess it makes it interesting because there's no real way to tell barring a few hits i mean the greatest documentary ever made of all time in my opinion is hoop dreams mm-hmm. did not get a nomination right and in fact they changed the way they did this stuff because of that movie but there is a long history here of really solidly made, really better than solidly made, excellent films not getting nominated. And it just seems super random. And there's, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason. None of these movies are super similar in production, in, uh, in anything. And I, and I do like that. I love to see all sorts of different movies get nominated, but man, it's really hard to tell. And if, if you're looking at the Oscars from a, historian point of view which is one of the ways i love to look at it it's it's we're documenting for pun intended uh the best films of that year and significant films it's impossible to tell what the heck is the best uh 
of that year when you really can't trust the nominating process. It, that could just be me, but mm-hmm. it, it really does bug me. Yeah, the same. I feel the same way. And I feel that confusion is, I don't know that it helps the industry either. Um, no. That if people are watching and say, especially if people are watching saying, I've never heard of these films and, and many of them aren't even easy to see. So let's move on to the, the big categories um, where I feel like the potential winners are also probably not that in dispute or not that um, uh, hard to predict at least. So we'll start with the supporting ones. Act, best actor in a supporting role, Mahershala Ali for Green Book, Adam Driver for Black Klansman, Sam Elliott for A Star is Born, Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, Sam Rockwell for Vice. I will just throw out there, I think Mahershala Ali is going to win this category again. Um, I don't know that it's a lock. I thought he was very good. I thought Driver was very good. I thought Grant was very good. I thought Sam Rockwell did a nice impersonation. That doesn't really make it a great... I mean, he was probably the weakest of the five nominees. Stephen Yoon for Burning would have been my choice for someone else, and I would have put him right in Rockwell's space. Yeah, I, th- I think that's totally fair. I I am a huge Sam Rockwell fan, and I, I certainly don't think he's bad in this. Um, a little side note, he has a... Uh, Ray Fossey pro- or uh, Bob Fossey uh, project coming out mm-hmm. on FX that just looks fantastic. Um, but he he's fantastic in almost everything, and he's fine here. But really, it's it's the impression that's kind of carrying it. And I never forgot that Sam Rockwell was playing George Bush in the uh, in the movie, Advice. and that's an issue for me. Uh, Advice, yeah, correct. Uh, my uh, pick would be Sam Elliott, and it's probably not going to happen. I would love to see it though, mm. just because. Again, I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan and his scenes in the movie, he's not in the movie. In fact, he might be in the movie least among all of these people. Yes, uh, I would agree. Yeah. And, but he carries so much weight in all of the scenes um, could be with a worse actor. These scenes could have come off super, super saccharine and uh, overwrought and the type of stuff that you would see on CBS at 1030 at night. Um but I thought he was fantastic. Uh, a huge, huge carrying point to the movie. Obviously, you know what I think is interesting here is we see a lot of times where supporting actors are guys who are in the movie quite a bit, but they nominate themselves for, they get nominated for supporting actor because that's their best path to the Oscar. Mm-hmm. I think all of these five are actually really playing supporting roles, which is kind of an interesting neat thing to me because I kind of hate that. We talked about it last year with Viola Davis in Fences that, I mean, she carried that movie and, but she was, they gave her the supporting actress nomination because that was the way that she was going to get a nomination and a win. I think this is actually kind of a weak category this year. One of the few or, well, no, one of the few overall there's, they do a pretty good job, but this is a fairly weak category where I think in my personal opinion, opinion, Elliot is heads and tails above all of these. Next category is actress in a supporting role, uh, which had one of the few surprises among the nominations, at least for me. Uh, nominees are Amy Adams for Vice, Marina de Tavira for Roma, which was, I'm thrilled. She plays the mother in Roma. She's great. Did not yeah. think she had a snowball's chance. Uh, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk, and then both Emma Stone and Rachel Vice for The Favorite. I think Regina King is going to win. She wins all the things before this, despite the fact that, as you just brought up for Sam Elliott, Regina King is actually not in her movie very much. She's perfectly fine. I don't think she changes the movie. I don't think it is. It's a good performance. I don't think it is a 
an earth-shattering performance. I would give it to either of the two women for the favorite before I gave uh, before I gave one to uh, uh, to Regina King. And I could think of a lot of others who I, I thought Amy Adams' performance in Vice was also kind of an impersonation. It was not a great use of Amy Adams, who I just think is just generally very talented to begin with. Yeah, she's just yeah. really good in just about everything she's ever done. Um, I would, she was the one where I would have, but also if she'd not gotten a nomination, I would have been completely fine with that. Sure. Yeah. I was shocked by the Tavira nomination. I I don't recall her seeing being nominated in almost anything else. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, for whatever stupid reason, pay attention to these awards. And I was shocked. I mean, We'll talk about another kind of shocking nomination in a little bit, but this was easily the biggest surprise of the nominees of the, of the big awards to me that, um, but I, but she is great and, and she is an important part to that film. And uh, it was really neat to see. I was actually happy to see that, uh, that both got nominated for the favorite, both, uh, Mm -hmm. um, I was a little, I was, expecting to see uh just one of the two and i was expecting it to be stone um i think she has the best chance of upsetting king yes but that's that means nothing because king is going to win this i mean <laughs> I, I like i said like you said i she's really good in her part but it's it's such a small part that i have a, a bit of an issue with and, and i have some issue as the further away i get from this movie the more issues i personally have with it but um King is certainly fine. I certainly won't be upset and throwing my uh, Xbox one controller at my TV when she wins. But uh, <laughs> I, I personally would give it to stone even uh, as good. It's a, it's a, it's a solid category. I think Tavira would be right. Number two for me, but I, I would give this award. St- I would personally give the award. stone. I would too. I think the best argument against stone is, and a few readers brought this up uh, both on Twitter. And then when I saw the favorite back in December and, and blogged about it, is that her performance is almost a lead performance. I think they yeah. struggled. I mean, essentially the favorite decided we're, we're, we're going to put one of these women into the lead category and the other two into the supporting category, even though all three, you really, if you watch the movie and did not know of that decision, I think you might have a hard time deciding who the lead is of the three. That's a great. And point. then is it, is it fair to give stone? I mean, it's the Viola Davis thing from a couple of years ago. Is it fair to give her an award in supporting when she actually probably played more of a lead role and thus she's not on an even playing field. Speaking of Davis, I actually realized I didn't might give my, the woman I would have liked to have seen nominated who was not in a movie that was completely shut out, did badly at the box office and then was completely shut out here. Elizabeth Debicki in widows is fantastic. Yeah, it's a great call. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. movie has some great – three of the four women who star in that movie give great performances. Hers, to me, was uh, the best, the most revelatory. It's the second thing I saw her in in 2018. She's also in The Tale, which does not qualify because it went directly to HBO, which oh, yes. is freaking great, horrifying, yeah. great. She's really good in that. Then I see her in Widows, and it, you know, it takes you a hot minute to sort of feel like, where do I know that? <laughs> and she's st- – striking she's extremely tall towers over the other women in the movie her character has the best arc of anyone in that movie and she absolutely crushes it and i wish she'd gotten some recognition for it but the movie just kind of died on the vine unfortunately 
Yeah. Speaking of that, the the one I kind of forgot about until you brought it up, I I honestly thought you were going to say Claire Foy for mm, yes. uh, First Man, which is another movie that did not succeed at the box office and just kind of puttered away. Um, she's fantastic in it. And yep. First Man was a movie that really, really, I think, is under recognized in these awards. Um probably due to unfair expectations because of how good Chazelle's other movies were. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's not fair to the movie. It's kind of like ranking a team number one just because of, uh, and then dropping up to 25 just because of uh, an unfair performance early in the season or something like that. (laughs) She's really, she's really, really good. And uh, another part that's kind of like Sam Elliott, that, in the wrong hands uh, of a poorer actress could really, really come off poorly. But she, she was the movie. Another person who I think could have gotten a Best Actress nomination if they would have gone that route. But I was really surprised that she didn't get nominated just because I've seen her nominated for basically every other major award. Mm-hmm. But you're you're totally right. Uh, both of those performances I would put easily over Amy Adams. Absolutely. By the way, the fir- first man, which I believe was also completely shut out, uh, no, it got sound mixing and sound editing. I have the complete list. That, that's that's shut out. It, that's shut out. Right? And visual yeah, effects. Yeah. It's the only visual effects nominee I've seen. I thought it might have a chance at cinematography too, because it's well, first of all, it's well shot and it's complicated. That was that could oh, not yeah. have been an easy thing to put on the screen. I agree with you. I thought Foy was great. It is funny. I'm picking the one who was like Elizabeth Debicki is extremely tall. She is like tall in the movie. <laughs> She towers over the other characters, but her character begins as kind of the shrinking violet and becomes sort of blossoms into an adult. And Claire Foy, the thing, other thing, she was very good. She looks so tiny in that movie. She's obviously a little person to begin with, but also the way they dress her and the taller men she's around constantly. It's like, oh my God, she looks so little the entire time. (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah. All right, so we'll move on to the lead categories now, uh, and then do director, and then do best picture. Uh, for actor in a leading role, it's the only one I have not seen. I'm going to watch At Eternity's Gate tomorrow, um, after we record this, but before the Oscars. Uh, for actor in a leading role, Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I do want to point out I had a dream the other about three or four nights ago that Rami Malek won this award, which I, apparently I'm dealing with some actual anxiety over this possibility, even though it does not affect my life in any possible way. Um, he might win. I think Bale's going to win. That's my guess. I would be okay with Bale winning. I'd probably give the vote to Cooper myself. I've obviously not seen Defoe. I'm sure he's good because he's just always good. I sure as heck wouldn't vote for Malik or for Viggo Mortensen here. And I think for this is probably the longest list of snubs other than Best Picture for me, but would certainly bring up Ryan Gosling. You just talked about First Man and mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix and You Were Never Really Here, which came out probably too long ago and was a bit sure. on the obscure side. But that's a tough part in a really good movie. And in the wrong, to use your phrase, in the wrong hands, the whole movie sinks because that movie hinges on his performance. So. I was looking at the the uh, Vegas odds here, and I was kind of shocked. So this is off of a sports book. Um, Malik is a heavy favorite. In order to win a hundred dollars, you would have to bet six hundred and fifty dollars just to get a hundred bucks. Uh, Bale is three to one odds. Cooper is fifteen to one. Mortensen is seventy five to one, and Willem Dafoe also was in a movie this year. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that is at uh, plus ten thousand. So if you're if you really 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 want to uh, get some tickets to Fire Festival too, put your money down on Willem Dafoe and hope for the best. Um, I think these nominations suck. I was really 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 disappointed in these and. Cooper is easily my favorite performance here. Um, I think he's maybe getting a bum rap for his performance, honestly, because I think people just kind of like to, to put down the pretty things. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's fantastic in this movie. Um, One of his best performances, it's kind of amazing that I believe this is like his fourth nomination already, uh, considering how short his career has been. That's incredible. Um, Bale's transformation is one of the most impressive I've ever seen. I mean, I didn't, like I've talked about this before, I didn't forget that Bale was playing Dick Cheney, Mm -hmm. but just looking at the work that this guy did or lack thereof in some areas, um, I mean, he looked like Dick Cheney. I mean, he, and he clearly worked very hard and Christian Bale as uh, as horrible as he was to that poor person on whatever the heck that movie was, I think it was Terminator 18 or whatever. Um, I I just uh, I he's he's so good. Um, I honestly think this is who's going to win. Malik would be a terrible choice. I'm yes. sorry. Uh, we'll talk more about it when we get to the big thing. This is a bad movie, and it's a mediocre middling performance at best. It's just people really like Queen. I did not realize how much people liked Queen <laughs> and how much people liked Freddie Mercury. Um, he certainly isn't terrible by any means, but this is, there's no way in heck there are so many performances I can name that were better than this. Uh, the, the, his dialogue is iffy. His, uh, that I was so distracted by whatever the heck was in his mouth. Um, <laughs> The, the the mustache, I guess, was okay, but I not for one moment didn't go, oh, Mr. Robot singing, that's cool. I, yeah. It's it's a bad, mediocre, I, I, I want to go, bad movie, mediocre performance. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. I, I have joked with friends, um, some friends who've seen a handful of these movies and then ask me, they're like, well, you've seen them all, what do you think? It's like the, I'm not an expert, obviously, but it's like you... Rami Malek with 10 extra teeth saying darling the whole time. That doesn't get you a nomination. In fact, four no. of these five uh, are playing real people. Now, Defoe's is different because obviously Van Gogh, nobody knows what Van Gogh was like. So it's not so much an impersonation. But Bale is playing a real person who we all saw on TV. Malek mm-hmm. is, I mean, overplaying, I would say, a caricature of a real person. And Diego yeah. Mortensen is a little different. He's more playing to character. A few people knew who Villalonga was. I have major, major issues with how that role is written. True. I actually think he's doing the wrong accent for somebody who's supposed to be from the Bronx. That's a quibble, but I have Bronx roots, so it sort of specifically bothered me. Uh, you know, I think Mortensen has no chance anyway because he dropped the N-word and because some people are recognizing how problematic that movie actually is. But right. it bothers me that more on more philosophical level – it is as if they decided, play a real person, and this is not the first time, but play a real person, do the accent right, put a good costume on you, and you're going to get a nomination. I mean, that's how Gary Oldman won last year in a totally weak performance in a in Darkest Hour was dumb. Darkest Hour was yes. like fodder for the masses, uh, totally manipulative, totally cloying, all the things I don't like in, in sort of more mass market type of movies. 
um, around a thing that didn't even happen in real life. That shouldn't be the path to an Oscar. We should be rewarding. No. I think it, I, I'm not an actor, but I would think it would be harder to create a character out of whole cloth than to do an impersonation of a character where you can at least maybe study video and watch mannerisms and try to imitate an accent. That's what Vice was. Vice was a whole series of people imitating uh, real people we saw on television where they had plenty of material. Steve Carell does a nice Donald Rumsfeld impersonation. Rockwell we discussed. Sure. Dale we discussed. That got very old very quickly for me. Um, yeah. And I don't I, – I have a more philosophical issue. Like I don't think that's what we should be rewarding in this category, what we, not they, should be rewarding. But that it right. does seem to be what they're rewarding now. Oh, absolutely. And, and like you said, there's, especially with, um, with Malik's performance, it's really, it, it basically kind of insults my intelligence a little bit that it's basically saying, uh, the guy who does the best Frank Caliendo is going to win the Oscar now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. I, I really am tired of seeing mediocrity awarded. Uh, it's, it's, to me, Cooper is certainly, I've certainly seen better performances, but if you're giving it to the guy who did the best original character, and to be fair, Star is Born has been made approximately 68 times. So, <laughs> so there's a little bit of a basis here on some stuff, but it's, it's mostly a, a brand new character that he performs admirably. And he is easily of these five. Now there are lots of folks who didn't get nominated, uh, that I would, I thought like Gosling, I'm personally, it's kind of ridiculous that he wasn't considered in this group to me. I, I loved first man. It's one of the biggest snubs for me. Um, but if you have to give it to one of these five and we certainly do, um, I would definitely give it to Cooper. And at 15 to one, I think that's actually decent little odds. I, I think Malik or Baylor are going to win, but there's certainly a chance. I think Cooper wins. Yes, uh, I agree with that. Uh, this is one of the categories where I don't feel like I have a great handle on who might potentially win, um, as opposed to the next one, which is actress in a leading role, where it's I think it's down to two, the one yes. I most want to win and the one I least want to win. Uh, the nominees <laughs> are Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, who is a first-time actress, too, which I think is incredible. That I think it's sure. incredible how good she was, incredible that they nominated her at all. Uh, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga for A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me. Um, look, I think it's closer Coleman. I think The Wife was the worst movie I saw last year. And I mean, I'm putting that below things like Early Man. The Wife is terrible. It is a cliche-ridden mess. It is predictable. Every character is one-dimensional. I've never read the book on which it's based. The book must be awful. I cannot imagine <laughs> Christian Slater. And I know there are people who just dislike him anyway, might've sure. given the worst performance I saw anywhere in any film last year. Wow. I mean, it is the most punchable performance you could possibly put together. I guess you could say he does it well. He makes you loathe the character, but he's loathsome. He's absolutely loathsome. Whereas Eesh. Coleman, I will admit, I love Coleman. She was this one yes. of the stars of Broadchurch with David Tennant. Um, <laughs> She appeared briefly in The Lobster, and it was a short – it was a small role, and it was a couple, just a couple of scenes. But I actually thought she was really good there. She's fantastic in The Favorite. If you set aside the argument over whether she is or is not actually the lead actress in the movie, I think she's probably the best performance I saw of the year. And of the two who I think have a chance to win, I would far prefer he, her, to see her winning versus Close. 
So this is another interesting uh, Vegas one, and I'll go in reverse order for this one. Uh, McCarthy is 65 to 1. Mm-hmm. Apricio is 30 to 1. Gaga is 9 to 1. Coleman is 6 to 1. And you have to bet $1,200 for Glenn Close Ugh. to win on that. So Ugh. it really looks like it's going to be close. I didn't see this movie because uh, Keith basically uh, scared the <laughs> heck out of me with this when we were talking. Um, I personally think Gaga gave the best performance of this five. Um, and maybe I just, some of these things you can't help but go with expectations. I had such low expectations based on me personally coming into the movie, not being a huge Lady Gaga fan and have seen her doing some TV work that I thought was middling uh, average or so and having to play such an important part. I, I really had issues, especially after seeing the first trailer, which was not great. Um, I think she kills it. I, I, she's, I cannot wait to see what's next for her because she's so real and sincere and uh, just gives such a great performance. Uh, you know what? A lot of us talked about how a lot of her great performance has to do with her singing. Well, guess what? It's a musical. And she's fantastic. <laughs> like, her voice is so good. Um, her last song, if, if you're not crying, you are dead inside. Um, she's just really, really good. Comes off really natural. Some of the issues, I think, have to do with uh, some of the dialogue being a little hackney, which is just something that you're going to get for a movie like that. It appeals to a mass audience. I think she's great. Apricio, for that to be her first performance, my goodness gracious. I mean, uh, so good and uh, so believable. And maybe that's one of the reasons why it's great to go with the first timer because there's not as many bad habits to break for that type of movie. But she's so good. Um, McCarthy is really good in a really mediocre movie and mediocre might be too nice. Um, And again, uh, Richard Grant, which we didn't talk about much, he's really good in it too. This is that is yeah, a movie great. where it is it, that is a movie where the performances are certainly better than the overall movie. The movie just it it's it's really I was shocked it got such good reviews because it it really is kind of mediocre to me. Um, I think a lot of you know, if you're going to give uh, two and a half out of four stars positive, that's what I think you're going to be going with that, but um, she's really good. And I'm really excited to maybe see her do some more dramatic stuff instead of seeing her farting and falling over stuff. Um, I think she's super talented, but I think she is really, really bad at picking scripts. This is yes. certainly, certainly her best uh, film I've seen since bridesmaids. And, you know, I just made fun of uh, her <laughs> stuff. I, I mean, that performance is um, unbelievable, but um, yeah, I think uh, Lady Gaga has a slim chance. It certainly says by Vegas that Glenn Close uh, is going to win this. The one I, I'll talk about, and I realize I've been talking too long now, um, is Elsie uh, Fisher for eighth grade. Absolutely deserved the yes, nomination for this. Good call. She she is so fantastic. When we talk about natural, I don't know if I've ever seen a more natural performance. Like it, borderline. It's cringeworthy at times how natural it is. Um, not a movie that I would recommend. Uh, if you're watching with your eighth grade son or daughter, uh, maybe um, let him watch her watch it by herself because it's uh, it's a movie that it's it's so it could be so painfully awkward, but it's so well done. It's so um, 
I mean, her performance is perfect. It, I, it really is as good of a youth performance as I've seen. I would have nominated her over uh, McCarthy for sure. And even though I haven't seen the Glenn Close movie, the Glenn Close movie sounds bad. And I'd say <laughs> that she deserves the nomination over her as well. Yes. Um, a few others I'll mention. Elsie Fisher is a great call. I thought eighth grade was good. Flawed, but good. She's tremendous in that. Yes. Um, Joanna Coolidge is one of the two stars of Cold War. And just given the love that they gave that movie in some other categories, I thought I, it was unlikely. But she's somebody I would throw out there. Her performance is essential to that movie. Viola Davis for Widows. Natalie Portman for Annihilation. Uh, another movie that, again, sort of oh. died on the vine. Great movie that nobody yeah. saw. And she's really great. She's really yeah. you know, I'm not a Natalie uh, Portman stan or anything i you know she's been good in some things she's been not good in other things um i thought she was really great and very believable in a role that you know i think it would be difficult for her uh a Absolutely. woman who's petite trying to play a role that is extremely tough and that you would consider to have normally masculine qualities um, i thought she was cool. excellent all right so we got two left uh we'll go to directing before we go to best picture and directing is interesting i think for what was not nominated but uh they do they do directing by movies um the uh, five nominees, the ones that actually got nominee, nominated, were Black Klansman, which is directed, of course, by Spike Lee, Cold War, uh, directed by, I hope I say this right, Pavel Pavlikowski, The Favorite, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, Roma, directed by Alfonso Cuaron, and Vice, directed by Adam McKay. Um, I think Roma's going to win this. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I'm probably not even 80% sure, but that would be my guess. If there's a split between directing and best picture, would not surprise me if Spike Lee got this, sure. got the win here, and then something else got best picture. We'll talk about that in a second. I mentioned the interesting thing is what was not nominated, that would be A Star is Born, which Bradley mm -hmm. Cooper directed. That seems I actually thought he did a really good job. It seems that the industry does not agree. And I also, when I saw that, I felt like that, may have tanked its chances to win Best Picture. Yeah, it's that's really interesting to me because I, I'm feeling the same way. I'll go over the Vegas odds with this one again. Yes. Uh, Lanthimos, uh, Havlikowski, and McKay are all 30 to 1. Lee is 5 to 1. And then Quran is negative 1,500, meaning you'd have to bet 1,500 to win 100. This would be the one if I was a betting person um, I think Koran's going to win, but the odds getting five to one return on Lee, mm -hmm. who has the sentimental value and a lot of people really, really like that movie. Um, I think that there's a, a decent chance he's going to win. What a weird, eclectic group this yes. is. Um, very, very different. Um, not, none of, I wouldn't compare any of these guys to uh, none of them get great uh, would be comparable to me, um, which is fun, I think. Um, I think Adam McKay is a star, but I think Vice has some serious, serious issues, mainly due to uh, it just seems to really have an inconsistent balance. So I was really a, a lot of critics really liked this movie, but a lot of critics hated it. Um, I, it seems to be that just that kind of that split. He certainly isn't going to win here. Um, I, I think I think Quran's going to win. But there is there is a part of me that thinks Spike Lee, just because of his, it's maybe a lifetime achievement award type of thing too. Um, I could totally see him taking this. He shouldn't. Uh, 
Quran, it's a no-brainer to me. Yes. Uh, he would be my pick of the five here. I actually did not really care for Black Klansmen. I felt like I got yelled at for two hours. Yeah. Uh, and even though I agreed with much of what the yelling was about, I didn't, didn't sure. think it made for a particularly good movie. And I, he made some very, some very spikely decisions that I sure. did not think worked in greater service of the, of the movie as a whole. Um, and Bradley Cooper was easily my sort of biggest snub, even though there were other movies I liked as well. Like I just, how does he, he or actually, or Barry Jenkins for if Beale street could sure. talk. That's um, a great call too. that movie. And so I'll use that as our lever right into best picture. Cause if Beale street could talk is one of my big snubs for best picture, they can nominate no fewer than five up to 10. I don't know that they've ever actually gone to 10, but this year they stopped at eight, which was dumb because this was a good year for movies and they left off some really good, at least critically acclaimed movies. The eight that yes. did get nominations were, Black Panther, which we haven't talked that much about here just because it's not going to win things, but um, there were great – Michael B. Jordan could have gotten a Best Supporting Actor nomination, certainly. For sure. Um, and it yes. looked great. Black yeah. Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. I'll just mention two snubs. We could probably have ten between us. Um, I mentioned if Beale Street could talk – uh, First Man would be the other one. And that's not yeah. without going into things like burning foreign films that just probably didn't have much of a chance to begin with. I now think Roma is going to win. I would have bet on A Star is Born if Bradley Cooper had gotten a directing nomination. But when he didn't, I felt like that probably meant Roma was going to win. It would not surprise me if I had to throw something at my television because Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody wins. But neither of those directors were nominated either. So right. I'm kind of hopeful that Roma is going to sort of a win by default, even though it's very deserving. Um, but it doesn't feel like any other single movie here has enough juice maybe to get over the top. The favorite would be the other one. It's just no one's talking about it like that. And it hasn't won in many of those big awards, but it at least got three acting nominations and it got a directing nomination. It got costume design and cinematography. Like it, it got a bunch of other nominations. Seems like that's usually the case. I mean, I'm trying to read tea leaves here essentially. That'd be sure. fine. Favorite was a top 10 movie for me. Romo is better. And Romo also has a bunch of those nominations. Yeah. So we'll do the Vegas odds for this one too, because mm -hmm. these are the, I think the most interesting. So creeping in last by a long shot is vice at a hundred to one. Bohemian Rhapsody and black Klansman are both 30 to one. Black Panther is 20 to one. The favorite is not one at 16 to one. A star is born is also 16 to one. So it's really a two man race. Green book is four to one. And then Roma is, have to bet 450 to win 100. Now, if you look at that, that seems like that Roma is a considerable favorite. But no, when you consider how many nominations you have here, um, it's really, I would say, that they give four movies a chance. But it, it kind of seems like a two-man race here. But four to one is, uh, for Green Book, if I was a betting person, I would bet on it, but as a person who likes good movies, I would never bet on that terrible, terrible movie. Um, there are some, this is a really bad dominated category again. Yeah. It, it makes, it makes best actor actually seem pretty good because they got that one more right than this one. Um, they basically decided to nominate two bad movies, Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book because of basically that they were, winning with audiences and then decided not to nominate two movies at all. So they got 60% right. And it feels that they should be getting a hundred percent right. Or at least 80 to 90. I understand that this is subjective, 
I understand that not everybody likes the same stuff, but I judge you if you like movies like Green Book and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> at least as your favorite movies. I had less issues with Green Book as a movie than most people did. I thought it was a, a below average movie, but not something that I absolutely hated. Now, the the problems with the movie after after hearing from some folks and then reading about the, the real story, I have huge issues with now. It's, but at the time, I didn't hate the movie. Bohemian Rhapsody is garbage. It is a garbage film. And it is nowhere near. It is the worst movie to be nominated for a Best Picture since Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. And I might say this is worse than that. I don't know if you saw Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. It was this movie with Tom Hanks and Sandra Bullock about... Um, it was basically about 9-11 and yeah. this kid's clue. It was garbage. Um, I, I, I didn't see it because the reviews were so bad. It's it's really, it was, I was shocked. And I was pretty young when that movie got the nomination. But, uh, man, you know, eighth grade would have been the one. I, I obviously liked eighth grade more than you did. Um, it would have been the movie that I would have certainly put in the ninth spot, which there's no reason that at least if you have the slots for 10, mm-hmm. you should have at least nine. And really, you probably should have 10 because what the heck does it hurt? And then right. when you have the 10, you should get the movies right, too. Um, Black Panther is a really solid comic book film, but it's a comic book film. I There are some really good performance. Michael, Bo- uh, Michael B. Jordan is terrific in everything he's done. Um really would have liked to have seen him get a nomination just because it would be interesting. I would not have nominated Black Panther for a Best Oscar nomination. It was a top dozen to 15 movie for me. Um, I if, if I was to pick one of the... Uh, this is easy. It's, it's really easy. Roma is the best movie that came out this year, and it should win. It seems like we haven't been getting the favorite to win very often. Right. Um, the last couple of years, I think there've been some upsets and it would not shock me if the upset was green book. If there's going to be upset, I hope it's a star is born, but uh, it really sounds like it's going to be either Roman green book. Really wrong. Yes. I, you know, two, two points to add on before we wrap up here. One to your point about not nominating 10, somebody asked me, uh, during the Golden Globes, why do you care? Why are you tweeting about tweeting about stuff? Well, I mean, one, I like movies, and this is a shared experience, right? We all watch the awards show together. It's like watching, uh, you know, a playoff game together on Twitter, and we're all going back and forth. And that was a good move. But we like talking about this stuff. It can be very fun. It can be educational yeah. too. You can often walk away having someone change your opinion, tell you something you didn't know before. Um, the failure to, but I, I, what I said to that specific person on the night of the Golden Globes too was, when good movies get rewarded it means we might get more good movies, right? That's when people point. get those wins, studios may be more willing to say, oh God, you won, you won the Oscar for best, you know, best whatever, best picture, best foreign language film. You know what? We'll pay you more for your next movie. Hey, you got a big, you got a passion project. Like Netflix went to Alfonso Cuaron, who's won a bunch of awards. Obviously he's been doing this for 20 years. You have a passion project? Hey, I got a passion project. This movie that, that probably wouldn't normally get financed in a non-Netflix world gets financed. And then we get this great work of art. I want more of these. I love good movies and I hate bad movies and I want more good movies. I actually have no problem with Black Panther getting nominated, even though it was not in my personal top 10, because give right. me more comic book movies like Black Panther. Make comic, right. bo- comic book movies generally better 
And I think we're all better. I think everyone's better off and I'll certainly enjoy them more. When you choose to leave two spots open, not only are you saying the rest of you aren't good enough, which is just kind of insulting, but also you've whiffed on two more opportunities to reward people who did good work. If Beale Street Could Talk was one, First Man was one, Burning, Cold War, which did get nominated in a bunch of other things here, Beast, which is a fairly obscure, I didn't think it was obscure when I saw it in a Philly theater back in April or May, loved that movie. It was one of my top five of the year. So was You Were Never Really Here, which is on Amazon Prime now. Uh, which is sort of very dark neo-noir, which is like, right, just inject that right into my veins kind of stuff. <laughs> they just whiffed. I mean, they just had opportunities to honor more movies and thus give what you'll peep. There are lots of people who say, oh, 10 movies got nominated for Best Picture. I'm going to see as many of those as I can. My local multiplex has been showing seven of them. I actually, I assume Roma's the one they're not showing. But for 35 bucks, you can go see seven of the eight nominees. It gets people to the movies. Movie theaters, movie studios are complaining. People aren't going to the movies as much as they used to. One, it's expensive, obviously. But two, just give them better movies. And people will respond to a list and respond to nominations. And the fact that there were lots of, there were 20 good movies this year, maybe more. If you start counting foreign and documentaries and animated all in sort of one bucket. And they just didn't. I've re- You and I have rattled off, I would say, at least a dozen movies we genuinely liked this year that didn't at get least. nominated. Right? Sure. And so yeah. of all categories, of all documentaries, animated, foreign, uh, all, all different kinds, all different genres, there are lots of great movies. I thought this was the best since I sort of got back into movies a couple of years ago. This was the best slate. And I'm still rolling. I've still got movies I wanted. I never saw, what was the one with Carrie Mulligan? Wildlife? Yes. Yeah, I great movie. That, and that's what I hear. Yeah, great movie. Uh, Without a Trace, another great movie. A hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Leave No Trace, excuse yes. me. Uh, yep. I thought that might that get got, some, some love here. Yeah, I, I was really shocked. A tremendous performance by uh, Ben Foster and the girl's name escapes me. The movie's name escaped me, apparently, too. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, but it, like you said, it, it does matter. And if you think this doesn't matter, go watch a trailer sometime for a movie and notice how big a deal it is when you see Academy Award nominated blank blank or Academy Award winner of Best Picture on, if if people actually still bought DVDs anymore, you'd see it on that stuff too. It really matters because it's a huge marketing thing. If you go to Variety or uh, Deadline or any of those websites, you'll be inundated with for your consideration stuff. And it's not because they're trying to do right by their little picture. It's because they want to make money. And the way to make money is for a movie to do well with critics and to do well with audiences. Rotten Tomatoes would not exist if this, these reviews did not matter. It would be just a little quirky little website with an Alta Vista logo on it or something like that if it didn't matter. No, it's be, it got bought by a movie studio. It's huge. These things do matter. And the better reviewed movies, if you, if you nominate good stuff, people will go see good stuff. Would you award mediocrity, which they did quite a bit this year, it, it does matter. And it, it pisses me off because it's going to affect what I see in theaters coming forward. It's just right. not, it's not a good look. Right. I want to see more movies by directors, writers, and even actors who I like. And the more that they're honored for doing good work, the more we'll get from them. We're, Alfonso Cuaron, is, I think it, he's already there given the love that Roma has gotten, but he's going to get quite a number of opportunities, probably a lot of financing to do more great work. And, Absolutely. and I want to see more of that. And, um, frankly, I think, um, Oscar 
Farhadi, I believe is his name, the Iranian director who's won Best Foreign Language Film twice. He has a new movie coming out that is actually in Spanish with Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, which the reviews actually so far are, are only like tepid. They're not great. But I also view that as an opportunity. Hey, here's a guy who's only directed movies in Farsi so far within sure. Iran. And now he got an opportunity to work with two great stars uh, who are both very talented in another language to make what appears to be at least a bigger budget and more and broader release movie. That doesn't happen if he's not winning Oscars. And that's to me sort of the lesson here. And that's why I think you and I both rant so much about uh, when they get things wrong and, and are, are equally thrilled when great movies do get honored by these different awards. hundred percent. And like you said, with Quran, uh, Netflix probably doesn't give him the opportunity with Roma, if not for the success of his other movies like gravity and gravity's mm-hmm. success. Um, now it was an interesting story, but it became a huge box office hit in part because the reviews for that movie were so strong coming out from the various festivals. So yeah, this, this does matter. Maybe not on the grander scheme of some other things in life, but if you like good movies, you should want good movies to get rewarded. Well, I think we've covered everything and then some. So uh, I will, we will sign off here again. I'm Keith law at Keith law on Twitter, Chris Crawford at Crawford underscore M I L B on Twitter. Feel free to uh, offer feedback. Just remember we're right. And you're wrong. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back maybe next year, maybe sooner. We'll see when the, when the moves, when the muse moves us and the movies are good enough, we will return. Probably. (laughs) Have a good day, everyone.